Monday is coming. And I don't mean that in a Garfield the Cat kind of way. Monday is coming, and that is a strike deadline day that has been set by Cupy. Here we go again. Now, we know that, according to Cupy, they're willing to meet until 5 p.m. on Sunday. In a way, a deadline has been set for that. They're willing to meet through the weekend. We also know that... There is an awful lot that gets said publicly in times like this, trying to curry favor for one side or the other. Dr. Prachi Srivastava is a tenured associate professor at Western University who specializes in education and global development, and we're lucky enough to have Dr. Srivastava with us right now. How are things? Thanks uh, for having me back on the show. Okay, Mike. Yeah, okay is probably a good way to say it. Why don't we begin with this number that now is being talked about an awful lot? We've tried to do the math a number of different ways. Bob offered up that maybe this just means work to rule, that it, it can be combined in, in many ways. We've had texts that say, hey, I've been a student and now work as a teacher in Thames Valley, and I think I can count 12 days that I would see as, as strike days over the course of either my educational career or as a teacher. Two 2,246. Mm-hmm. Can you make sense of this? Help us understand it, do you think? No, and that was, you know, my, my biggest concern is is not only can I not make sense of it, it just seems like an incredulous thing for an education minister who is the chief officer of education really here in the province to make um, and then not provide any data. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, and, you know, I'm, I, I'm not an education historian of Ontario, but to the best of my knowledge, I did try to track strike action um, from 1987. He claimed 1989. And to the best of my knowledge, from 1989 onwards, the longest teacher strike was about two weeks. And that was under the premiership of Mike Harris. Um, I, I, I really I, I don't understand that figure. Um, and I think, you know, just napkin math, I'm a, I'm a big one for napkin math when we can't understand, um, opaque figures, just in terms of logic, um, 2,246 days, there are mandated 194 days minimum, um, in it of, of education by law in Ontario. That is the mandated school calendar. If we just do basic math, that amounts to something like, um, 11 point x six years over the last 33 years if you were to even take that as a third of every year i mean if this if this was the state of education in ontario over the last 30 years this is what everybody would know about ontario um in terms of having an enormous amount of school loss every single year and that's manifestly not the case so dr brachi srivastava joining us oh sorry dr srivastava please continue this to me is, is it's, you know, it goes beyond trying to figure out the math. There's an issue here of serious misinformation that is being um, put forward as fact on an official minister's official um, social media platform. And then when that minister was questioned by press, um, there was no real answer given to that. So, you know, in here, we have to hold, um, of course, the government that we elect accountable. Citizens must be held accountable. But here, honestly, Mike, the press, 
I, I don't understand how it is that in, you know, today morning, this was not the lead story of all the major news outlets in Ontario. I cannot understand that because this is major misinformation. We're still trying to piece it together, and we played a clip not too long ago from Toronto Today, and it was the education minister answering to it, and all he would say is, well, if you add up, and he used the word fact, if you add up all of the days missed going back to 1989, he called it over a whole generation, locally and provincially, but there's got to be some sort of cumulative. There's got to be some sort of collective no. sum no. there. I, I, don't, no, I is... don't see it because you're right. We did the napkin no, math is... too. No, no, that is manifestly incorrect. If you look at if you look at strike action, that is manifestly incorrect. Now, I don't like quoting social media tweets that have not been verified, but there are some people on social media that are adding up school holidays, which are mandated in the calendar. I mean, that's part of the school calendar. That are that are that are saying the only way you can come up to two thousand odd days is if you actually count up which are official breaks in the school calendar, not strike days. And that, that doesn't count as, um, you know, losses through strikes. So all of this yeah. is manifestly factually incorrect. And that is where, you know, I have the biggest problem. Uh, you know, the strike action is, 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 is a legitimate action. Uh, the issue here really is misinformation. And I think most citizens have been able to see that this is, quite clearly misinformation and the fact that it's being um you know propagated by government and through official um means that they have is shocking we are talking with dr prachi Srivastava, who is an associate professor at western university specializing in education and global development Typically, when the government is involved in things, and right now we've got two major things that seem to rise up, and then another will rise up over top of it, and that is education, and it is health. Do you feel you're hearing one more than another, Dr. Srivastava? You know, this is a common, this this is an observation that many of us who work on education policy issues um, in Canada and globally uh, have found, uh, both in terms of coverage of the issues in the media and public discourse, and also in terms of financing um, and just policy action, that if we were to compare the two sectors, one would normally see health get a lot more, um, I don't know if we want to say it in lay terms, a lot more play. Um, You know, of course, the crisis that's affecting our health system in Ontario is also, it's unbelievable. Um, and it must be covered. Uh, but the crisis facing education is also unbelievable. And I think the question really is going a step back and saying that these are our two fundamental public sectors. There are two fundamental human rights. They, they, they cover, you know, health and well-being throughout our lifespan. So, you know, we must cover them in a way that is equitable that actually calls out uh, misinformation that that places those two sectors side by side and that shows how important they are and how integrated they are in our lives. Um, I think one of the reasons, particularly in education, is that 
the citizens who are most um, affected, directly affected, are, are children and young people. And many of them cannot, well, they cannot vote until they turn 18. And so, you know, we have a responsibility as adults, as citizens, to actually speak up and speak up um, on their behalf. Um, and, and, and really to, to, to show, for me, all of this, the, the misinformation, I, I can't get away from it, Mike. It, it really is so shocking for me to see that. It is so shocking. It is, it is not unexpected that governments will try to quell uh, discourse. That is not unexpected. But it is highly problematic when you have ministers, elected officials, come out and make statements and continue to defend those statements, which are manifestly incorrect and which most of us can see are manifestly incorrect. So, so all of that is, is I think it's, it's, on, it's on the duty on, of the press, it's on, it's on citizens, but it really is up to us to hold them accountable and, and, and be outspoken about what we're seeing. Dr. Srivastava, we've got just a, a couple more minutes, but I, I just want to get your thoughts with one last question on what we're seeing right now, which is they seem to have an agreement on the numbers, but now we're seeing some of the other things come more to the surface of, okay, well, here is what we actually need to make classrooms work, but there's no way this is an easy fix. There's no way this is a sit down over the weekend and say, okay, well, we'll, do, we'll just do this. We'll have this many EAs. We keep hearing from EAs who are leaving. We keep hearing that mm-hmm. there aren't enough. We've seen the call out from Thames Valley District mm-hmm. School Board here in London to bring in university students who are in third, fourth, and fifth year just to help out as staffing supports. What do you make of what we're looking at between now and Monday? No, there is serious, there is serious education worker attrition, uh, both at the level of, of what we're seeing, you know, in, in education workers, but also teachers, um, also, uh, you know, substitute teachers. Um, and this is uh, now uh, become, it's a documented fact that many of the boards are releasing. No, it's, it's not an issue over the weekend uh, uh, that, that can be, you know, just magically solved over the weekend. That is not on the unions, though. Um, and that is not on the boards. A lot of this is a result of uh, significant funding shortfalls over a number of years and and projected uh, shortfalls. Uh, the FAO released a report, I've mentioned this many times, that says that education is going to be cut in this province up to $12.3 billion over the next seven years. Um, and there's another report that came out by the FAO that said, there is, uh, you know, $40 billion of funding shortfall, that we have the money, that there is a $44 billion uh, shortfall of, un- of unallocated contingency funds. The province has the money to fund education adequately. It chooses not to do so. Um, there has been some, some, some really crackerjack reporting on, on the issues around education financing and the lack of transparency uh, on financing. Um, and I think it's really important for the public to understand that, you know, we're not here because of, cho- uh, because of choice and we're not here because of happenstance. This is a, this is a cumulative uh, policy process that has led to significant shortfalls of education financing in this province. 
Dr. Shabastava, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the show, Mike. Always appreciate the insight. That is Dr. Prachi Srivastava. And Dr. Srivastava is an associate professor at Western University specializing in education and global development.